You're listening to Sibling Talk with Mary Jo Tumare and John Paulette. Commentary from a progressive point of view. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And this is Mary Jo Tumare. Mary, the president says he has the right not the governors, to decide when this company opens back up. Really? This is the third time I think we've talked about this. And I I always say, well, he doesn't have the right to do or doesn't have the legal authority to do that. But with this dude, you never know. So there's been a lot written about this in the last few days, particularly legal scholars weighing in. And it's really clear that he doesn't have the authority to open the states back up. You know, whether he had the authority to declare martial law and close us down is a different thing. He chose not to do that. But he can't force the states to open up. But do you really trust Trump not to do something just because he doesn't have the authority to do it? No, well, and you're right about trust. But I think there's another element here. Trump has shown an uncanny ability to take a bad situation and make it really terrible. So on top of everything else that we're going through, are we now going to face a constitutional crisis where Cuomo, Gavin Newsom, uh, Pritzker, Mike DeWine, perhaps even, uh, say, no, you're not going to tell us. And then where do we go? Do we go into courts, uh, which appear to be largely stacked, uh, stacked by the, the president? This perhaps calls up the questions of the effectiveness of federalism of the union that have not been in, might not be in that harsh a relief at any time since before the Civil War. Am I overstating this? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think it's true that that issue is or could rear its head. Uh, At least, as with all Trump things, people are talking about and beginning to understand what federalism is. So I always do give him credit for uh, getting, getting us to talk about government and issues of how our government works, even if he doesn't mean to. But whether it'll come to that, I'm not sure, because he may say everything's opened up and the states, businesses, individuals just ignore him. And I think a lot of what's happening with Trump right now is that he is being ignored by a large, maybe not a large majority, but definitely a majority of the country. And so in a sense, it doesn't matter what he says. Now, it is well, interesting there's... as an aside that the Ohio governor, when he was giving his press conference today, which he does every day at two, uh, there were protesters outside demanding that he open up. No kidding. Yeah. That's the first I've heard of anything like that. Yeah. And Fair. DeWine being DeWine was like, they have the right. I'm not going to impose yeah. on their First Amendment rights against gathering they were all wearing masks which i think is interesting 
But I think the mask thing is where Trump is ultimately going to go, where he's saying if everybody's wearing masks, why can't people go back to work? My personal feeling is I'm not going to a restaurant with a mask on because I can't eat with a mask on. No, absolutely not. I, you know, there's somebody else who it almost seems like is ignoring the president since you put in those terms. And that might be Dr. Anthony Fauci, <laughs> who, go, who goes on the news yet, yesterday. And, you know, we've credited Fauci with being very careful in what he says. But he pretty much came out and agreed with the New York Times story that, yes, we would have saved lives if we had acted sooner. Yeah, and I think you described it in a text earlier as being more nuanced than the president read it. And I think that's right. Because basically we said, listen, it was complicated. But yeah. people, you know, we could have socially distanced sooner and that would have helped save lives. But there was a lot of stuff going on. So, you know, to Fauci's credit, he's a very intelligent person. So, you know, you, when you have that kind of intelligence, all those conflicting things can exist in your brain at the same time. Trump doesn't have that skill. But no. um, I cannot imagine how ticked off Trump must have been <laughs> when he heard that Fauci had said that. You know, a great moment, actually, in our absolute well, president. <laughs> I mean, the question is, does even this president dare to risk firing Anthony Fauci? So I heard something today, which I which does make sense to me, is that he can't fire him because Fauci's a civil servant. Uh, oh, yeah. I, interesting. I yeah. had not heard that before. Now, can he move him around? Can he stop? He could take him off the task force. But I think yeah. that's going to really unnerve people if when Trump's doing his briefings, Fauci is no longer part of that team. So I think he does really need to be careful um, by acting too Trumpian in regards to Fauci, because Fauci is one of the few credible people he has working for him right now. Absolutely. I'm hopscotching a little bit today, but so much is happening. Bernie Sanders endorsed uh, Joe Biden in what has to count as one of the best love fests ever done between very old, two old guys sitting in their basements. <laughs> well, that's an image I'll never get out of my mind. However, yeah, um, yeah but you know, isn't it was such a like a so what moment, which is yeah. just amazing. That's um, good that Bernie did that. I'm glad he didn't wait too long to do that. But they just can't get a platform. And that's really unfortunate for them. They've got to figure out a way to push Trump out of the space he's in just a little bit. He's always going to be in a bigger space because he's the president. But, you know, what if they were holding daily pressers or... You know, they rolling out one day, another, like today, Michelle Obama did talk about um, mail voting by mail. You know, they just every single day have to be able to steal a little bit of the news cycle. They're not. Really- well, they do. And they no, and they have to be out front. And I want to at this point extend on both of our behalf an invitation to Joe Biden 
Bernie Sanders, Michelle Obama, if any of them want to appear with us here on Sibling Talk, <laughs> consider yourself invited. I'll get you my email. And uh, if we had a producer, they would set it up. But exactly. in yeah. the meantime, you and I will have to, to do that. You know, there's been one other thing on my mind, and maybe I'm not thinking this through uh, carefully. For so many months in Democratic debates, we heard arguments uh, about Medicare for all, and people came back and said it's too expensive. Nobody can spend that amount of money. Of course, we're doing that now. We're spending that amount of money. And it's, it's now being clear, I, become clear, I think, that it's in the interest of everybody in this country for every other citizen to have good health care. We're all at risk when people don't. Couldn't the Congress, the Senate, obviously Trump's approval, simply pass a law and say effective today, um, Medicare, which was uh, you were eligible for at the age 65, you're now eligible for at age 18. Or at birth. Or at birth. Yeah, at birth. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, obviously, you will have to build out a lot of infrastructure in the Medicare program, but you don't have to build new structure. That's really there. And I know you're going to have to spend more, but we're spending more now. Does yeah, this it, make sense? It's a, it's a great idea. I know you said something about that the other day, and I've been pondering that. You just do that, and then you worry about the insurance companies later. If I'm a business, and a big business, meaning you know, four or five billion dollar business can easily be spending $25 million a year on health insurance. Uh -huh. So if I'm them, I'm like, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. So I think you'd see businesses react very quickly. First of all, you'd create a lot of liquidity in the economy of money not being spent on insurance. Right. So I think it's, it's right. a complicated idea. But it's a really interesting idea. And if you're ever going to do it, today's the day to do it. Because Absolutely. you've and I, got so many people who are going to lose their insurance between now and the end of the year. People cannot afford to COBRA as more and more jobs are lost. Right. And I think, uh, first, I agree with you on businesses. And I really agree with you on small businesses. Uh, for a small business... Healthcare insurance is is essentially an uncontrollable cost. If uh, you have a fairly small pool and somebody gets seriously ill, you're going to be modified up, and there's nothing you can do about that. I work at a uh, Catholic high school. We're not a very big pool. Why should we be in the business of managing healthcare benefits? Now, I know we've outsourced that to a broker but I think these groups will absolutely jump at the possibility. I also think, you know, there was much talk during the debates about, well, do you want to give up the health care that you have? And really talking about what, you know, the ACA called Cadillac plans. Blue Cross, Anthem, Aetna, these companies are not going to just fold up their tents and say, oh, I'm sorry, you have Medicare, so we'll go out of business. Of course they're not. They're going to find different products and products that might consist of concierge 
level healthcare, uh, the ones that include more elective things, things that include dental, that kind of thing. And for many companies, uh, as it happened within our family, one of your sons, you know, works for a company that really has to compete for talent and has to compete with young people. The reason we had health insurance originally in the 1940s was because they had to compete for talent. Same thing's gonna happen. And I think it can still be in many ways, maybe a more lucrative business than what they're in now. Yeah, I think it's it, it could happen if there were courage and some days it's a sad note to end on, but you really wonder about the courage of our political leaders. I'm not talking Absolutely. about the president. We know that guy. But we've got yeah. a whole other stuff. And actually, this week, we're going to talk about Mitch McConnell because a New Yorker just did a great expose on him. Yes. So. And I've got that sitting on my desk. We do have to wind up. Uh, we'll have to use the word here that they would use in Paris. Mary, courage. Courage. <laughs> <laughs> Au revoir. Au revoir. Talk to you tomorrow. Okay, yeah. All right. Bye.